Welcome to the Not Old Yet podcast, where we explore the subject of aging from a fresh new perspective. Each week, you will learn how to look, feel, and be youthful, no matter your age or stage of life. Tune in each episode to hear words of wisdom, stories of hope, and keeping it real advice from your host, Elizabeth Vanderveer. We got a beautiful story. Hello and welcome. I'm Elizabeth, your host of the Not Old Yet Global Podcast, and I'm here today with my good friend Cindy and brand ambassador. Hi. Hi, Cindy. Welcome. We are in person today for the first time recording this podcast. Woo-hoo! Yay. And we're in beautiful Portland, Oregon, where it's a sunny summer day, and this is why you stay in Oregon, is to have these days of sunshine. Anyway, today we're going to talk about inner strength and why we are talking about this is because as we've talked about before on other podcasts, even just living today, but certainly dating today takes some fortitude and you have to be really strong. This is a conversation topic for men and women. So men get in situations where they have to be strong too against the women in their lives, and women certainly do. So we're going to share some stories of positions and places that we've been in these relationships where we've had to have inner strength. But most of all, all of this is just information. And so as you're dating or as you're starting a relationship, a friendship, it doesn't really matter if it's platonic or not. But Uh, strength is required, and also some reflection. So we're going to talk today about some of the clues that you can pick up from these interactions, and then what kind of strength you need to have to deal with some of these circumstances, because they happen, and they're quite shocking. I mean, we are sitting here kind of scratching our head at how egregious some of these situations really are. Outrageous. Some of them are just and the, the core of it is that it cuts you down and you walk away going, oh, I don't feel good about this. Right. And just taking, hitting the pause button going, hmm, what's really going on here? So take it away. You have a recent situation with a friend where this issue of needing inner strength just kind of came front and center in the middle of the night. Right. So tell us about it. Right. So I have a friend whose birthday was coming up, and... And uh, how old is she? Who was 62. And she had been seeing this guy that she had met online, and, oh, I would say this was a few months, maybe, so, you know, not a long period of time, but they were getting to know each other, and she realized that there were some differences, but, you know, we're all, we're all there in our own space. 30, 60, 90 days, that's an investment of time. Exactly. Into a relationship. Holy crap, you could be texting someone practically 24-7 nowadays. So months, I think you give credit to months with someone. So right. Things were going along okay. And, and rapidly, rapidly so. However, the morning of her birthday, she woke up to a text from this person 
that said at 2.30 in the morning of the day of her birthday, I'm in debt, I have no money to spend on you for your birthday, and I feel embarrassed and ashamed, sorry. And that was it, no happy birthday, no I'm thinking of you, no maybe we can do something together, fabulous, just between the two, nothing, that was it. And the ice water shock that first of all hit her was like, what? What? And then there was nothing all day or into the evening from him. No phone call, no stopping by, no more texts, nothing. It was just like, okay, now we're over. And so the next day she was pissed. And and that's when she got her resolve and she stood up on her, you know, in her own ground on her own two feet and said, you know what? I'm worth more than that. I'm worth, after the time that we had vested in each other, at least some communication. Let's keep this open. No, but just like nothing. That's like a double whammy. It's a ghosting of sorts, and it's a, I'm pooping on you on your birthday. Now, I'm not huge on birthdays, but I have friends that have birthday weeks, birthday months. Like, yeah. they are so into their birthdays. So if your friend was into her birthday like that, that could be devastating. But still, it was a shitty thing to do to send a text at 2 a.m. saying, sorry, got no money, got no creativity. So that is the bombshell in that's that text. And that's when, when, you know, after a couple of days or so forth of this, you know, she just got up to the strength and went, you know what? I'm a strong-ass woman. I don't need some loser in my life to make me feel bad especially on something like a birthday. And if I don't meet someone uh, closer to my level and how I think and how I respect others and my core values, then if I live the rest of my life as a single woman, then I don't have a problem with that. Well, getting to that place is hard, but it's actually quite transformative when you get to the place where you're like, if I stay in this place forever, I'm okay. But I think that is such, I mean, we can dissect that deeply, but obviously you would think there was science ahead of time. But let's talk about having the strength. What did she, she actually reached out and just said you could do better or what did she do to have the strength to respond to that kind of She contacted me. I don't know if it was through a text. I think it was more a phone call, but I don't really know. Mm -hmm. However, she basically just stated this is how it is. I'm worth more. I don't settle. And if we were to move forward, which I doubt that would ever be possible, it would be on completely different terms. And I don't think you can meet those. I know you can't meet those. Yeah. You don't apologize for your standard. That's basically. She dug down deep before responding and thinking, you know, I'm stronger than that. I don't need this in my life. Yeah, isn't it great to have a guy in your life that you're gelling on certain levels? But there's so many other levels where it didn't. And that's where the ball was dropped. And that's when she says, no, no, I deserve better. I'm worth more. I need to be happy and comfortable in my skin knowing that I'm putting out the right energy. Mm -hmm. Even if someone is not reciprocating, is not putting that back to me. Mm -hmm. 
now. So I had a recent situation where I met someone online, texted and called. There was a lot of calls. He's older, which makes sense that older individuals use the phone more. I like the phone too, and I'm 53. So we had communicated, we had bonded, we had decided to meet two weeks of this before we could physically meet. And we were about, depending on traffic, one to two hours apart. And we were going to meet somewhat in the middle. And the day came, and all of a sudden, it was my job to find a place, decide what we were going to do for the entire time we were together, what restaurant we were going to go to. And all of a sudden, I was like, what? Like, I wasn't planning on that. It was never part of the plan that it dropped in my lap the day of, basically. And I thought, well, here's a couple of informational pieces. You're retired. You have time to talk on the phone for hours to me but you can't find the creativity or the wherewithal to find a place to meet and find a restaurant and make it easy on me or us. Like I'm new to the city. It's your city. I don't know. It just was information. Now I'm big lately and I recommend this, that you don't judge as much as you just observe. Just say, hmm, okay, that's information. What I did for years and what a lot of women do is they just stuff that stuff down and you don't, Bring it up to the forefront where you say, hello, this is not okay. What's going down here is not okay. And I've talked about this in a lot of other podcasts, but it does take strength. Not the kind to get in the gym necessarily, but the strength of character to say, I can leave this behind. I don't need to tolerate this. What made me fearful about the story that you told me about your friend is that I would have probably, and many other people, and I thought maybe she would have said, well, it's okay that you don't have any money. Just come over for dinner. I'll cook you dinner (laughs) on my birthday. I mean, that would be my codependent response to someone that I was in a relationship with if I thought I wanted that relationship. So I think that we all just suppress our our feelings, our values, our boundaries, you know, that's not cool. That's not chill to bail on someone's birthday and then make such a lame excuse. We were talking before the podcast about how little it takes to make a woman feel good. Go to freaking Trader Joe's and get the 9.99 dozen roses or wherever you go. You know, I mean, it takes nothing. And if you don't have $10 to spend on a dozen roses after being in a relationship for a few months, I would say, Obviously, there's more going on there, but that's kind of sad. And I'm so proud of your friend for just having the fortitude to say, Hi, now we're not going to go down this road anymore. So, I have another relationship, and this happened ooh, 15 years ago, I'm going to say, but it's popped into my mind just now, so I'm going to share it. And uh, this is a young man, and he was in his mid to late 20s and uh, living in Southern California. And his, it's very similar to the story, his girlfriend's birthday was coming up and he was short of cash. Well, he reached out to me and said, "Uh, gosh, I'm short of cash. This lady means a lot to me. I'd like to do something special and I'm just not coming up with something, but I know you're really creative. So what could I do, do you think? And, And so I said, well, 
why don't you just set something up kind of romantic, something that's special, that would be special to her there at your place and have her over, maybe cook her favorite meal or something like that. And he says she likes red velvet cake. And I said, make her red velvet cake. Mm-hmm. And so he set something up on the balcony and, you know, did all of this for her. He didn't have cake pans, so he went to a neighbor and borrowed them. Oh. Uh, he did call me later on and say, it says separate the eggs. I have one in left hand, one in the right hand. What does that mean? Which was really adorable. And so, you know, he got through that. But the bottom line was that he didn't spend near anything. He lit a candle, you know, made what you're going to eat anyway. So, you know, it, it was something that she said was very, very special. He put on her favorite tunes and they were playing in the background and, you know, they were looking at the sunset over the ocean because they only lived a couple blocks from there. So there you have it. And, and all of a sudden was, your $1.59 cake becomes everything. To the that thing person. was, was that he reached out to me because he knew that I had strength in me, but I also had a creativity that he wanted to tap into. And years later, 15 years later, knowing this same man, uh, he's very strong. He's very secure in his own skin. And he gave that gift to this woman that, you know, it wasn't jewelry. It wasn't a big night on the town or anything. It was something that was intimate and very special. And that is unfortunately what was lacking in this other relationship that we first talked about regarding the man Mm -hmm. and his cop out and regarding his shame. He let his shame take over and make him a weak looking person in her eyes. And this was an established relationship for several months. And and so that's what's so sad. Yeah, and he made it all about him. It was. That's, That's the weakness. And that's, in my opinion, the narcissism in it is that he took that opportunity to fail her rather than be strong himself and stand up like a regular guy or a girl and think about someone else. He took the opportunity to say, me, me, me. I don't have any money. I don't have any creativity. I don't have any concern for your feelings. I'm just going to bail on you. Well, that's the coward way out. But then again, let's talk about syntax. Good morning, beautiful. Or is it good, beautiful morning? Ah. <laughs> Remember we were traveling in Denver and I get a text? I do. I get a text. Good, beautiful morning. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wrote back, syntax. And he wrote back a question mark. Like, what the hell is syntax? I'm like, look it up and next time say, good morning, beautiful. <laughs> Anyways. I love now listening to what people say, of course, texting, you have to read what they say. And, you know, really analyzing what's coming out, because so many people just, you know, text and write and speak without thinking. And if you listen to what people are saying, woo, or writing. So uh, another one, I had to be strong in the moment. Someone said to me once when I confronted them about potentially sleeping with an old flame, you know what they said? Oh, don't worry. We were too drunk to F. What? And I was Uh, like, oh, that's supposed to be comforting that you were too drunk to freak? I mean, really? Because 
what people say is incredible. Like, oh, well, I'm so glad that you overconsumed so you couldn't. Holy cow. So you, I walked away. I was like, oh, well, that's information. You have to be strong. And then after you break up, we've talked about this before on another podcast. When you break up, let's say your friend had stayed with this person that failed on their birthday and made nice and somehow worked through it. The disappointments don't stop. You know, they just keep coming in different forms. They'll find ways to fail you. Well, then how do you also unforget that? How do you erase that from your memory? Because it's still going to be there. It's in our archives, you know. And then the next time something like this happens, you're going, oh, okay. Do we have a pattern here? How many times am I going to be seeing this, dealing with this? How many times is it going to be solely about him and what's going on in here when it's supposed to be a partnership. And that chisels him down every time anyway. And so in her mind, he's becoming less than, and less than, less than. And is that a partnership? And what's that doing to you? Well, then the question is, what's next? It's the birthday this time. Is it going to be the anniversary? Is it, I mean, obviously they're too old for kids of their own, but is it going to be another special momentous occasion or something? And he's just going to space or have a cop-out excuse. Or here's the flip side of that. What if she's in an accident or, you know, needs to go in the hospital for whatever reason? Can she reach out? Can she expect him to be a support to her during this time? Or is it like, oh, I can't deal. Oh, no, no, no. Or again, no text. So, no, is is that what a strong woman needs? No. Is that actually what a strong man needs? I mean, let's, let's just not put this, you know, in sexist terms, but because it's about the inner strength. And so, you know, that's something that we all want to ask ourselves. Yeah. You know, he, there's so many opportunities moment to moment to get things right or wrong and how you react to something. What I've learned through hard work is to just push the pause button and just think about it and don't get all worked up about it. And certainly in this situation with the boyfriend, if you will, that was bailing on the birthday and everything else, she did the right thing. It sounds like she just took her time. She thought about it. She didn't just react, you know, and fire back her hurt. People will disappoint you all the time. And it's just that yeah. Can you let it roll off you and just move on? There's a great quote, other people's opinions of me is none of my business. And the more you are outward focused and the more you give a rip about what other people think of you, the more neurotic you are, the more, I mean, he bailed on her birthday because he was feeling inadequate. He didn't have the inner strength of character to say, Whatever I give that woman's going to be great because we're going to have a good time. And it's the thought that counts. And it really is at the end of the day. It's the thought that counts. But you can put thought into something and give a really crappy gift and be not good. You don't, I mean, just because you put thought into something doesn't mean it's going to, you know, be a win-win. But you've got to at least get rid of these excuses. He didn't hold himself accountable, so he couldn't be present for her. Correct. You know, that's, he's the weak one. 
And um, thank goodness she had the ability to be strong in Mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. If you're able to be strong in a difficult moment, life becomes easier. If you are weak in a difficult moment, life becomes very hard. Because it just becomes a PhD piled higher deeper. So I was listening to a podcast the other day about using the word no, which all of us do far too little. I think I was on the phone with you and I told you to just say no to somebody. I was like, oh, we are not saying yes to that person or that procedure that they wanted to take us down. But if you say no, I had the opportunity to say no to a couple of people recently and it was harder than hard for me. Literally 53 and a half years of saying yes when I wanted to say no. Now I say no when I want to say no. And I just breathe deep. I learned a technique on a TED Talk. Breathe and you go five, four, three, two, one. And you just literally take that extra five seconds or two and a half seconds and just get that inner resolve and that inner strength and carry on. But that break of the saying the numbers apparently backwards helps you break the cycle of whatever it is you're feeling, anxiety, pressure, fear, etc. So I said no a few times and you know what happened? Oh, I feel great. Whereas if I left it ambiguous or if I left it like, oh, let me look into that. Oh, I'll consider it. Oh, well, we all are opportunists. You know what that means? Give me an inch, I'm going to take a mile. And I've lived most of my life in that mode of giving people inches and then taking miles from me and me going, what happened? I said, I'd give an inch, not a mile. But now if I just say no up front, then it's like, oh, I don't even have to give an inch. I can give a mile, but there's no expectation. So it completely changes the game. When I say, no, I can't do that, or I'm not willing, or I'm not able. And then later, sometimes half the time I realize people aren't even like serious about their requests. They're just floating ideas out there. Like very few times are people so convinced and convicted in their request of you that they have no other options. Like literally, if I'm at the end of my rope, which I have been a couple of times in the last year, I've called people and said, I am at my last resort. I'm at my end of my rope. How can you help? And they either said yay or nay. And to be very honest, some people said no. And I was like, great, bye. You know, don't need you anymore. You don't want me. I don't want you. We're good. You said no. And now I can move on. Whereas in my moment of need, if anyone had left the door partially open, I would have been like thinking, oh, they're going to be able to work with me. They're going to be able to help me, whatever. They did me a favor by saying what they could and could not do. So being strong in that moment and saying no or saying yes with boundaries or saying what you intend to do and meaning it is so freeing. It gives you a different life experience. You know, one of the things that I realized speaking about myself is that, and I see this more in women, I think it has to do with that nurturing quality that we have, you know, mothering and so forth, but we're so concerned about not hurting someone else's feelings 
that we want to quantify. We want to quantify the word no. And so when, <laughs> when they say, you know, that something, is so true. Yes. And the thing is, is that when you you start to to get into the the country of no, so you preface it by saying, giving all these reasons. And, you know, you're soft selling and, it, you know, really it's, it's kind of a mixed message thing, but you're still working on getting to know, you know, and, and so it's so much more freeing just to say, no. So good. You know, there's a book, I think, called Getting to Yes. I love it. Getting to know. How powerful is that? No, you're absolutely right. If you can utter those two letters, it changes everything. And how many of us backpedal? How many of us qualify or no? How many of us try to explain it, justify mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Then we feel guilty for saying no. Get the freak over it. Yeah. Say yeah. no and yeah. move on. Like there's a great book called The Art of Not Giving an F. And it's all about getting a thicker skin, saying no, and just moving on. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is one of my heroes, I watch him obsessively, talks about how you can learn through pain and hardship, or you can learn through peace and joy and love and happiness. But we're all going to learn lessons one way or another. You have to. This is life. This is the progression through life. You can do it so much more peaceful and with much less what I call like road rash on your body, your psyche, by just keeping it clean. And when you're a people pleaser, like I was, I had the need to please disease for 53 years. Thank you very little. All I did was say yes. I said yes to everything. Now, I needed to learn how to say no, but how to actually say yes and be comfortable saying yes. So when you say no more, the mm -hmm. yeses have more meaning too, because there's fewer of them and you don't have to have all the balls in the air and all the juggles. And now I'm listening to people in my life saying, wow, they're all over the map, just like I used to be. They're doing too much like I used to do. They think they can handle everything. So I'm getting good now. And I feel like I'm in my recovery, my a codependency recovery, where a codependent says yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to look at situations just completely differently. And the word no, actually, is easier to say now. And I'm able to see the lack of accountability in other people. One of the reasons why we become unaccountable is because we're doing too much too many balls in the air because we never say no. So you don't do anything well. Right. And then I'm just going to say, when you get to the point where you need to be creative for someone for their birthday, you might be tapped out and you might just, and you're so self-focused. That's the problem. And you know what I learned? I heard something. Think about this. Poverty is selfish. So think about this man that just dissed on your friend who's making an excuse for not showing up and being a man or a partner to her, right? Or a he was taking it as an opportunity to fail her. Right. Or possibly even as an excuse to bail on the relationship in its entirety because she hasn't heard from him at all. Yeah, so nice. on a birthday, the relationship that had been established thus far 
what happened to all of that? We just throw it out the window and, you know, it's just like, well, your birthday, I can't afford anything, so see ya. But she didn't even get to see ya. <laughs> Syntax. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about the similar type of situation that happens between friends. It, it doesn't have to be the BFF thing, but, you know, friends that you see on a regular basis and so forth right so there comes a time where you have to stand up to something that is that has been in your face let's say the point is is it is a friend so you're willing to let it go we tend to do that and then maybe next week it's a little bit more and it's a little more and in this world also of like social media where everybody's getting bombarded and and in a sea of an anonymity you know, people can be really, really cruel regarding their comments and statements, and there's the negative negativity, and so then that's just the haters. The haters are what chips us down, and we just start turning inward. And so at some point, you have to be able to stand back up and say, you know, I can't deal with this, or I don't want to deal with this anymore, or maybe it's I don't want to deal with you anymore. And this. And so again, it's that inner strength that's pulling you out of that because it'll suck you down. It'll pull you down and deep into that vortex. At some point, you have to stand your ground and say, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And this is what I perceive from you. This is what I'm getting. These are your words. They hurt. Is this a friendship or not? And that happens a lot in same sex friendships. Guys, um, I've had a lot about. of friends in my guy friends in my life, guy friends in my life that have toxic guy friends yeah. that they just can't stand, but they're always golfing, like they golf every week or whatnot, or they go on the annual ski trip, but they know that guy is just toxic, and he just—it's almost like he spoils the broth. But they keep bringing them along. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with girlfriend groups. You know, it might be your sorority sisters that get carried with you. Any number of things, but there's oftentimes, you know, a toxic person in that. Often, place. right. Yes. Yeah, very common. And so at some point, you have to decide. You have to find that strength and deal with it. Because if, if you're going home with it, if you're going to sleep with it still on your mind, or you wake up in the morning and it's still bothering you in some fashion, that needs to stop because it's not good for your health. And it's certainly not good for your psyche. And it's not good for this relationship because if you're perceiving this and there are others in your friendship that are also listening to this or a part of this or even just an enabler of this, it's got to stop because it will fester. It will grow. And that's not healthy either. So pulling this person aside, assuming there's just one, and just saying, hey, you know, this and this and this has gone down and it's really bothersome to me. Is there an issue I'm not aware of? Do we need to talk about this more? And if you're not aware of it, how can we let, make it stop? I just recently had to have that heart to heart with someone in my life. And so I literally sat them down and I said, we need to talk and you're not going to like what I have to say. And she said that really impacted her. Like she got it. And then she listened and it changed everything. And it wasn't cruel. I was being honest. And I had to say what I had to say because 
it impacted a lot of people and I was the messenger, but it worked out. But I think if you have to have that conversation with someone, the way to do it is by being just blunt and just very kind. So my office and my employees, I always have a rule for what you say to people. This is the rule. Is it true? Is it necessary to say? And is it kind? And if it meets those three criteria, then say it. Is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? And if it doesn't meet those three thresholds, zip it because there's way too much words in the world that mean nothing and they hurt. Yes. So another thing, strength. This is where strength comes in. You have to call people on their crap. So another thing that's verboten in my office is you can't come up to a coworker or anyone for that matter and say, you don't look good. You look like you feel sick. You look like you don't feel good. Are you tired? So nothing's a buzzkill like being told you look like crap when you're feeling just fine, right? So I used to say to people that said that to me, did I ask you to tell me I look like crap? No. You, I mean, what a horrible day downer is to tell someone they look terrible. Even if they do, don't say it. I just find all of this stuff crazy. So you are not allowed to do that in my office. You're not allowed to say that their, their coworker looks tired because you're also projecting that energy. And they're going to absorb it. They're going to say, oh, I must be tired. I must not. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I am tired. I guess I got to go home. Yeah, I don't need to work anymore today. I, I swear to God, this is the way it goes. So your words and your actions have power, but also standing up for yourself has power. Saying no has power. Saying I deserve better has power. Your syntax to yourself has power. So how you talk to yourself is what you become. Well, how you let other people talk to you is what you become. The epigenetics phenomenon that we're seeing where every minute, literally, Cindy's beautiful aura impacts me. I impact her. What we eat, what we drink, with whom, when, where, how, what, it all matters. And your vocal voice matters. What you say matters. What others say to you matters. And what you say to yourself matters. Oh, what you say to yourself. What you say to yourself matters. Literally, I just was speaking to a woman yesterday morning. She's 88 years old. And you know what she said to me? She said, I'm not old yet. Don't call me old. And she's right. She's out there walking at 7 a.m. What am I doing? Drinking coffee on the couch. Like that girl's dialed in at 88 or 86. I can't remember what I said. But I mean, she is so vibrant and she's saying, I'm not old. And part of not being old is liking where you're at. And part of liking where you're at is standing up for yourself. So thank you, Cindy, for sharing that story. Very thought provoking. And we're thrilled to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Once again, I'm Elizabeth from the Not Old Yet Global Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Best is yet to come. Yeah, too cold.